how COVID-19 is affecting business, how is it affecting shop floor, and how it is impacting the manufacturing ecosystem. Now, the first set of five questions, we wanted to understand how is the order fulfillment process getting impacted by COVID-19? We wanted to understand, are companies able to honor their commitment that they made to customer? We wanted to understand what's happening with new business, what's happening with new orders. We wanted to understand the issues related to supply chain. To be very specific, we asked companies, are you having problem with raw material procurement? We asked companies, what's happening with the workforce? What's happening with the workforce? Are you forced to reduce the workforce? We also wanted to understand, in view of COVID-19, is productivity reducing? Now, you would find these five charts very interesting. The first being 40% of the companies said that they are having problem in getting new orders. So their new business is adversely impacted. It's only 6% of the companies said they don't know. I mean, right now at this point of time, it's not impacting. And you have around 18% stating they can't say at this point of time, but if the current status quo continues, then they might land up with problem. With respect to raw material procurement, many companies in India, they work with high level of raw material inventory, which is not a good practice. But at this point of time, 25% of the companies said that their raw material procurement process has been significantly impacted. Then you had 33% of the companies stated that order fulfillment process is a problem. And they anticipate that they might even get blacklisted because they will not be able to honor their commitment to their customer. Now, if you look at productivity at a company level, 74% said an emphatic yes, that there is a significant decline in the productivity. And when you look at COVID-19, has it reduced the workforce? 44% said yes. So we were already at a high level of unemployment. What we are going to see is we will face a huge problem 
of unemployment. I think society, corporate, government got to team up and understand how can we help people who are losing their jobs. Now I move to the next aspects of our presentation. Uh, we made an attempt to understand impact of COVID-19 at a business level. We made our questions very simple. We wanted to know what's happening with top line. We wanted to know what's happening with profit. We wanted to know what's happening with cash flow. Now, what we have observed, three charts. First, shows there is a negative impact on companies top line and 54% of the companies said that their top line is impacted 45% of the companies said that their profit is adversely impacted and you had 88% of the companies stating that they have a big problem of cash so cash flow is becoming a big problem. Now, the last part of our study was related to social distancing. Are companies having infrastructure for social distancing? We wanted to understand, are companies having infrastructure for innovation? Now, the two charts that you see on the screen, number one is company infrastructure for social distancing and innovation. 54% of the companies said that they have the infrastructure to work from home. But when it comes to collaboration for innovation, we ask them very specific question that in the era of social distancing, do you have a digital infrastructure which helps you to sit at different cities or at your home, but still continue design innovation? Helps you to digitally manufacture or to digitally simulate the performance of the product that you are building. Now, will be very, very minimal. Now, I move to the last part of the survey. We asked companies with respect to indigenization and make in India drive. Nice press.
drive would it increase? Eighty-six percent of the companies say they believe indigenization will get accelerated because companies would like to reduce their risk because of import from abroad. Now, when he asks question that is the government doing enough to overcome the pandemic, the answer was 38% said somewhat, and you had 33% saying significantly. And, and I think we saw some good announcement yesterday from the Honorable Finance Minister talking about people who are at the bottom of the pyramid. But net-net, there is a lot to be done. I move to the next part of our presentation. If you look at travel industry, in travel industry, we will see a big problem because 16% of the international tourism spend is by the Chinese. And it is said that because of COVID-19 and the restriction on travel and the problem in China, there will be a decline of 40% in the global demand. If you look at automotive, <coughs> the Hubei province, which accounts for 9% of the total Chinese auto production. And their supply chains are global. <laughs> it is going to disrupt the global automotive supply chain, including Indian supply chain. I wanted to share with you that if you look at Consumer electronics and semiconductors will have discussion later, especially its impact on India. Uh, our tourism will be impacted. Our MSMEs will have problem, but we'll do a bit of deep dive subsequently. Now let's a little bit look at the pharma companies. Now India's pharmaceutical company is critical to the global supply chain of healthcare. But if you look at 70% of our raw materials are imported from China. And if you look at the supply chain, Pharma industry. We import from China. So the APIs are imported from China. And our drugs from India go to Russia, European Union, UK, Africa, USA. And in many of these countries, if you look at program. The healthcare program is significantly uh, 
impacted by the good work that is done by India's pharma companies. And we are going to see a problem in this sector. We move to the next part, and very soon uh, you'll be hearing uh, an industry. China accounts for 7% of India's automotive components. Now, on automotive, I want to now share with you the large number of people, right, in India, Japan, China, Germany. I think the automotive industries in all these countries will be adversely impacted. Now, we had our Euro 6 program, and India is supposed to be putting on the road the Euro 6 compliant vehicles from 1st of April. We'll not get into the details of magnitude of sensors that Indian companies have imported or were planning to import for complying with Euro 6 program. But we can definitely say that the import content of our vehicle has gone up, will go up, will because of Euro 6 problem. Now, COVID-19, right, is going to create havoc because many of the Indian companies have made their sensor procurement strategy based on import. So I think we are going to see a big impact, a big problem on Indian automotive industry reasons they have to continue to manufacture euro 4 vehicles because of export to countries like middle east uh, uh, bangladesh sri lanka they have to keep supporting spare parts for the older model and new model supply chain will now be a problem i would like to now invite venkatesh natarajan uh, we call him popularly as VN. He's the Chief Digital Officer and Senior Vice President at Ashok Leland. He's going to share with you. Working under social distancing live experiences. So I have jotted down a few points based on VN's input, I would like to request VN to unmute and share his thoughts. Over to VN. Thank you, thank you, Chandan, and uh, uh, thank you for this opportunity. This is Venkatesh Natarajan. Uh, thank you for this opportunity for speaking here, Chandan. Uh, I mean, in the month of uh, December, I mean, so just about four months ago, uh, we went through a scenario planning exercise and uh, we were talking of uh, or envisaging scenarios 
that could impact our business in the next uh, three years to five years and so on. But uh, nobody ever imagined that uh, this scenario would, uh, we would be facing this scenario uh, in uh, three months. So I think this is a classic example of where we are really living in a VUCA world. So COVID-19 is a classic example of proving that we are living in a VUCA world. And it's going to be all the more volatile and all the more uncertain, I think, uh, moving forward once we are able to get over this COVID uh, scare. So just about, I mean, it was on the 2nd of March when uh, I just entered the office that day in the morning and uh, I was watching the TV the previous thing where uh, the COVID was being discussed quite uh, vigorously in the Indian uh, media, in the, on the, te in the uh, television. And uh, in the morning, I didn't know there was something which struck me. And uh, I called up my, my team and I said, hey, guys, I think we need to now start uh, pressing the uh, business continuity plan. And then let's start uh, looking at uh, what could be the various scenarios that we will have to face moving forward. But on the 2nd of March, there was no panic button which was pressed, but there was something which was telling me that this is going to now kind of exponentially kind of be blown out of promotion. And uh, just after 10, 15 days, just after 10, uh, 15 days, now it's been now more than a week since uh, we went on a work from home. And uh, our manufacturing activities have also been stopped from uh, Monday because of the lockdown and so on. We quickly put uh, our action plan together. We formed an emergency response team. And the first thing we said is, can we now enable uh, you know, people to be working from home? Because traditionally, if you look at the manufacturing industry, and in India generally, the work from home concept is not very, very common out here in India, more so for the manufacturing industry. So we once we said we should go for work from home, and uh, we were equipped, of course, we have, because a large part of the organization, executive community at least, are all equipped with laptops and so on. And then uh, once we went on a work from home, they started uh, working from home. And there were certain challenges, of course, in terms of saying, how do you ensure that uh, the design activities really continue, right? So in the last uh, few days, we have enabled that also people having uh, desktops from in their house or laptops, personal laptops are still able to access their workstations and then still continue the CAD work, which, which is basically computer-aided design and so on. And there are, of course, a whole lot of uh, security considerations which we have to keep in mind to enable this work from home because the difference is you are migrating a whole chunk of users who are always working by and large in your network uh, to uh, outside your network and a whole lot of security uh, uh, problems and uh, you kind of, you know, we have to do a tightrope uh, walking in terms of enabling this. Today, as I speak now, now this has become quite uh, successful. We use, we use Teams, Microsoft Teams for collaboration and that's become the lifeline now. While we were struggling to implement uh, Microsoft uh, Teams, and there were people, of course, using in clusters in the organization. Today, Teams as a collaboration platform, as a technology platform, is the lifeline of the organization when it comes to work from home. Today, we find there are so many meetings happening, happening, so many calls happening, so many chats and conversations which are happening on this platform. So, which gives us a lot of uh, uh, belief that probably post-COVID, we will have to get back to a drawing board to put a formal remote work program or a formal work from home program. 
uh, which seems to be which seems to be working at this point in time, I guess. And uh, uh, look at how do you kind of uh, look at a cost optimization, getting this uh, uh, work from home uh, concept going even beyond um, uh, the COVID uh, period, lockdown period. The other thing is, um, uh, I truly believe that uh, moving forward, uh, the COVID-19 post this, we are going to have, it will be very interesting for us to look at the various uh, trends which are emerging, the business trends, the social trends, the technology trends. For example, business trends will be go, will organization, even manufacturing industry go quite aggressively adopting work from home, will sourcing strategies change, will manufacturing strategies change, especially manufacturing industry yeah. and automotive industry. There's a lot of sourcing which is done you know, global sourcing, which is done, will that undergo a change and so on? Very, very interesting. We will have to look at what are those kind of uh, business trends that will take shape. Social trends, will we, will we continue to be shaking hands or will namaste become the global norm is to be seen? Technology trends, all these while biometric uh, systems were being implemented by various organizations. I'm talking of fingerprint uh, biometric with a lot of gusto and energy, but uh, Overnight with COVID-19, I guess the fingerprint biometric uh, technology is gone. It is now in the coffin and then ready to be uh, buried, I guess. So there could be a lot of these interesting trends uh, which could uh, post uh, COVID. Now, I mean, my last part of this is, I think, we, need to, I think uh, we will have to get into some extreme re-engineering post COVID. Organizations have to get into to relook at their business models, to relook how you can right-size and resize organizations and so on. And then these are my few points on okay, Thank you. Thank you, Vian. Uh, I want to spend a few minutes and say India was on the verge of setting a new benchmark for electric mobility. Well, there have been problems, and I'm sure those problems would have got fixed. But now, because of COVID-19, we have to review our strategy. We have to do a lot of innovation. When I look at the last mile connectivity in many cities, the electric three-wheelers have been playing a very important role. That's a different story that many of those three wheelers are charged from the greed, a greed which is dependent on burning coal. And if you go to places like Gurgaon, in certain a very aggressive, interesting electric mobility program. At a ground level, let's understand what is going to be the impact of COVID-19 in our electric mobility program. Well, not all companies 
प्रोग्राम इन मेनी केसेस is not making in india is more like assembling in india and i have always felt it is extremely important for us to make make in india vision successful is to do not just assembling in india but doing design and manufacturing innovation moving on to the next point let's have some insights from the electronics industry now electronic industry in india has been growing and the government has been very aggressive in driving the growth of the electronic industry we also know that 43.2% of indus consumer electronics actually import from china so china our dependency on china has been very very high i want to invite rajendra velagapudi he is the managing director and ceo at science at dlm that design led manufacturing now i want to request him to share his insights from the electronic industry so over to rajendra good afternoon chandan are you able to hear me yeah yeah good afternoon to the team so this is rajendra i run the science design led manufacturing facilities which we have across the globe so we basically we are on the electronics manufacturing industry but not on the consumer side we are uh, high technology high mix low volume electronics which are the pcb assemblies wire harness and box bed and make the box bed for uh, aerospace and defense medical technology um also the industrial products consumer Not on consumer and basically on um, communications industries. So we, uh, if you look at on the electronics uh, manufacturing, close to around seventy-five to eighty percent of the cost is the raw materials. Okay, and on the raw material side today, we get region, particularly from the Asia Pacific region. Close to around the six. Which country? Which country? Which country? I mean, which bank? Bank? Say, I mean, State Bank of India. Okay. Who is giving phone calls? And we have around fifteen percent of some of the mechanical components come from India, and the balance comes from Europe and the US. So we depend mainly on China, Hong Kong, and Malaysia, along with Singapore for. Most of our electronic components. 
So what we see in this COVID-19 um, pandemic right now, so we see the challenge in terms of getting the raw materials predominantly from the Asia-Pacific region on the electronic side of the business. But we hope that things will be fairly improved in the next three to four weeks time. But the challenge there is all the lead times are going up because of the factories are not working in those countries and the demand is continuing still for not only for uh, my, my business and a lot of the 5G which is driving for all the electronic components. So there is a lot of lead time going to have. So this, we see a lot of impact on all the electronics parts, whether it's the consumer or it is for a high technology um, industry. But for us today, I think we are supporting for the COVID-19 on the medical side. We do some of the X-ray missions and we do some of the COVID testing kits right now in our factory in Mysore. And uh, we got a special permission from the government to support those medical units in Mysore. So we're glad that some of our employees are in the factory today running that company and working on those very, very key and essential products for the country. And the factory there, what we have, we already have an industry 4.0 implementation done. And uh, me sitting out, outside from the factory or out of the place, I can now access how many units have been made, how many have been agreed, and how many have been cleared by the quality control, all that. I think work from home probably on the manufacturing industry is not possible until unless, until unless the employees are there in the shop floor. But in this case, if someone is running the factory, we can look at it and see what exactly is happening in the factory. How many have been done? How many are on hold? How many have been rejected? What, what stage is there? That's where the technology is driving the manufacturing team. And um, I will see most, I think, uh, going forward, I will see many of the companies moving to this industry 4.0 to enable the operations team to look at it, what exactly happening. So um, that's what we have right now, and uh, I'm glad that we are supporting the, uh, um, the nation and also the global customers on the middle side of the business. That's what I uh, overview from my side, uh, Dr. Chandan. Okay, thank you. Uh, we move to the next part, that is textile and apparel. Now, this is probably the sector which is highly disintegrated, not as integrated like automotive, which has a very strong voice. But all of us know that textile and apparel, as far as India is concerned, plays a very important role, employs more than 100 million people, and very, very important sector for our country. At this point of time, 11 countries buying 41% of India's cotton yarn exports are facing COVID-19 problem. Well, China, which is again a very big producer in the textile and apparel sector, uh, because of the problem over there, if India can combat 
COVID-19, it might throw up opportunities uh, in many countries. At this point of time, I think a lot of people who work in this sector are going to have problem. Now, I'm going to invite Hari Tyagarajan. He's the executive director from Tyagarajar Mills. He's the chairman CII Tamil Nadu chapter. I had recently met him along with my colleagues and research associates. We visited his factory and we're trying to understand how global is their supply chain. So I would like to request Hari to talk about one or two examples of their global supply chain and then share his insights about the textile and apparel industry. Over to Hari, please. Hardy on the line. Hardy, can you hear us? Yeah. So, uh, well, uh, it looks like uh, Hardy uh, is not able to get connected. He was on the line. Now, the point that I wanted to, yeah, I see Hari actually. Last year, last financial year, you can compare against that. Yes, Hari. Month is 11, so first month is actual. The rest is a forecast one. Yeah, so I don't hear Hari. Now, unmute Hari. Hari, please unmute. So we we are not able to hear uh, Hari. I will continue. Now, uh, when we visited his factories, he actually spoke about how global is their supply chain. And he mentioned about uh, one of the products called Damask. Uh, they get the cotton from United States. So the cotton comes to Madurai. And at Madurai, they manufacture yarn. Then yarn is exported to Germany. Over there, 
they convert the yarn into fabric and if you look at the fabric fabric is sent to austria where they do the coloring and printing the final customer is in africa so uh, hari are you are you able to hear us no so uh, we 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 move on the point that i'm trying to make that textile and apparel industry which employs more than 100 million people is going to be impacted and will need special support of the government if this sector got to bounce back i think it will need special support right else we will see huge decline in our export we'll also see a rise in employment i'm sure in next couple of days you will see many plans being announced to support the textile and apparel sector we move to the next part now we spoke about some of the problems we are encountering uh, what should be companies strategies which can help companies in the era of social distancing to drive their revenue and transform their margin first of all it will be extremely important to leverage the digital innovation platform we need to ensure that we leverage state of the art technology to bridge the gaps between the virtual and the physical world and the kind of scientific tools and models which are available it enables us to create output in the virtual world which is very similar to what you are going to experience in the physical world 80% of the work you can actually continue in the digital world you can be socially distanced but you can still continue your innovation and you can spend your 20% of the time in the physical world in executing what you have created in the virtual world now let's look at some real innovation and use of scientific tools and techniques in china what they have done and what we can learn from china i think this is the time to commit to science leverage science to make the world a better place to live in and to combat problems like covid 19 now let's see this short video clip
You have seen the example uh, of a multi-physics simulation model, and uh, I think the uh, audio was not very clear. Uh, I would like to mention that there are a few specific questions that industry should be able to ask and respond. Now, the COVID-19 era, where we are forced to be socially distanced, it is extremely important that we leverage digital technologies to get connected. Uh, we need to reach out to customers digitally, remotely, engage more, partner, and be close to customers heart and this closeness need not be physically so so that's that that is one aspect second we need to do introspection when we design our product how do we leverage innovation platform to reduce the cycle time 
we need to understand how do you collaborate with suppliers, customers, partners, distributors, after sales support team uh, on a digital platform. It will be important to understand how can we reduce the number of physical prototypes that we make. We need to understand how do we improve our after sales support in the socially distanced era. We need to accelerate the process of innovation. And if we need to combat situations like COVID-19, it may happen, we may have something else in future. It will be important to accelerate the process of digital adoption. And it is the best time to partner with technology players, customers, and partners to conduct proof of concepts on cloud. If you look at MSMEs, this sector would need real support, not only the micros, but also small and medium enterprises. This sector contributes 29% to GDP and 40% to export. Their major problem is productivity and scaling up. Because of COVID-19, they're going to face huge problem. I think government needs to invest in building common digital innovation platform to support MSME's growth. Not just investment in physical infrastructure, but investment in digital innovation platform to support MSMEs because they won't have the money to invest into such innovation platform. I think the infrastructure and real estate can leverage digital innovation platform to virtually build, simulate performance. I was talking to HPCL's head of R&D day before yesterday, and he was telling me on the new refineries that they are building, that they are building them first digitally, understanding the performance, simulating the behavior before building it physically. I think educational institutions will have a big challenge. They need to build digital platform for experiential learning. They need to invest into digital immersive learning platform. Pharma companies need to make investment in digital discovery of drug. It will be extremely important that multiple sectors leverage scientific tools and innovation tools. Now, uh, friends, uh, we want to do a very quick poll. And uh, uh, we want to try whether it works. Uh, if you could open your browser, and if you open the web link, www.menti.com, You open www.menti.com. You can do it on your smartphone or on your laptop or iPad. 
and if you have gone to www.menti.com then you need to enter the code 557406 now uh, if you have already gone to menti.com if you have entered 557406 uh, we will try to run a very quick poll and uh, in this poll what we are going to do we'll just look at professor yeah yes Are you able to see my screen? Yeah, I can see as far as the question is concerned that COVID-19 will disrupt. So there are five people who said they believe it will accelerate digital adoption in India. 10 people feel so that digital adoption will go up. 12 people say so, 13 so, 14, 15. Let's see a few more. So, what you actually see that majority of the people believe that COVID-19 would force organizations, society to understand adoption and it is likely to accelerate digital adoption in India if you look at government had motivated people to open their bank account because it was done today government will be in a position to directly send the benefits the money the beneficiaries so you can actually see a major chunk of the people stating that digital adoption will be accelerated and the same was the example of uh, Venkatesh Natarajan the chief digital officer uh, who said that COVID-19 actually forced people the pandemic will be over by 30th June. Do you think it's going to be over in 90 days? Or you think it's going to be a long drive. The life is not going to be easy. It's not going to be off. We may be socially distanced for a couple of weeks. If we are not able to ramp up 
our health care capacity you saw the example of what china did the how did they leverage innovation platform to accelerate the design manufacturing of ventilation systems indian manufacturers manufacturing ventilators i think it is a great opportunity for them to come out with world class ventilators made at a price or at a cost which is unbelievable and becoming some of the top global players same is with the testing testing kit so we kind of a majority of the people in a way uh, 25 out of uh, the total number uh, that we had uh, said uh, it is going to be over you do have a large number of people who feel it is not going to be over by june we go to the last question which is about uh, our uh, will the indian economy recover in the next 6 months right uh, now uh, well again good number of people feel it is not going to be easy right indian economy got to do innovation to not only go back to the base it was but to accelerate the growth of the economy it will all depend on are we ready to do introspection are we ready to adopt digital innovation technologies which help you to work from remote distances which help you to work from home you can continue to contribute to your shareholders while being at home or being at different places uh, now friends uh, i would now like to go uh, to our takeaways of the oh. session uh, our uh, takeaways of the uh, of the session are uh, we have uh, four takeaways Uh, one is while social distancing will be key to control covid-19 we need to accelerate digital adoption to minimize right we need to minimize so could involve could involve accelerating digital adoption process we need to build digital platform both for collaboration and innovation and we need to collaborate with partners and technology vendors and conduct proof of concepts on the cloud you don't need to come to your office uh, you you should be able to do it and this is also a good time to understand who are your friends right which all are the technology vendors are your real friends uh, government needs to make investment in digital innovation platform to support msmes 
accelerate their growth. It is the best time to reboot knowledge and improve leadership capacity. And I think uh, Indian School of Businesses modular advanced management program uh, could be a good opportunity. I am going to conduct a separate webinar on 29th March 2020. So over to Colonel Rajiv. Hi, Professor. Yes, Hello. over to Colonel Rajiv. If if Hari is if Hari is there, I was keen to hear him. Is Hari there? Yes, I am here. Can you unmute? I, I you are unmuted. Okay. Okay. So you can hear me now, can, Professor. Yeah, yeah, I can hear. You can share your sorry, views. Sorry, some technical snag then. over to you yeah yeah so i would like to just uh, you know if you can maybe go back to that slide which uh, shows the damask uh, supply chain if you can so what i want to say here is that uh, you know we are a uh, you know textile manufacturer in tamil nadu and we are actually uh, procuring cotton from the usa which is our raw material and as, as the uh, chart says, the cotton comes into Madurai where it is converted into uh, yarn. And this is the uh, fine count yarn, high twist yarn, which then gets exported to Germany where it is uh, converted into fabric. And uh, the special processing and printing happens in Austria. And from there, it gets shipped to Africa where the end uh, consumer buys it uh, digitally printed and uh, processed, uh, you know, damask fabric, and the Africans wear it, uh, you know, as the women's wear it as a gown. So, so far we haven't seen any disruption in this supply chain, but, uh, you know, going forward, we definitely think that there will be a lot of, uh, you know, price reduction and also uh, the, the entire supply chain can get disrupted because it is a very, uh, you know, far and wide supply chain. So we are waiting for, uh, you know, our customers to come back. And as you know, Europe is now completely shut and there is not much happening there. So we are, uh, you know, yet to speak to them and understand, uh, you know, what uh, impact the COVID-19 has created on the African uh, Damask. Now that aside, um, we have our, uh, you know, major customer in Inditex, um, which is, uh, you know, the main mother company is Zara. So Zara is big time into, uh, you know, the fashion industry. And uh, we hear that uh, uh, Inditex, which is a subsidiary of Zara, has laid off about 25,000 people, which is a huge number. And a lot of the stores, about 50% of the Zara stores uh, in Europe and USA are now shut. So, you know, what is going to happen to that business is again something that we'll have to wait and watch. But definitely, I think the next uh, four to six months, uh, people are not going to, you know, have enough disposable income to spend on something like textiles or fashion. At the same time, uh, there is uh, some opportunity for India here. And with some proper government support, I think uh, we'll be able to make use of this opportunity. We definitely need the free trade agreement, which the government has been uh, postponing. So hopefully we should hear something in that front. And China taking a big hit in terms of uh, textile exports uh, is a big opportunity for India. And I think this is the right moment that we should uh, you know, capture that opportunity 
and uh, you know also pm's uh, scheme like make in india and with proper export incentives uh, proper export schemes and also free trade agreements with uh, you know countries like europe and us will definitely be able to have a cost advantage and uh, you know countries like vietnam are today a big threat for indian textiles and i would like to also mention here that after agriculture indian textiles employs uh, you know so many people after agriculture so we definitely need to uh, you know have a very strong export policy and make sure that after this covid 19 uh, many textile mills especially in the msme sector do not lay off people and this does not create uh, uh, you know a very bad uh, situation for indian textiles so i'm sure with government support um, you know with the statutory uh, payments which we have to make if the government can give us a lot of support in that front and also support in terms of boosting uh, textiles i'm sure uh, india will be able to make use of this opportunity because uh, china to come back uh, uh, you know as a powerful uh, textile uh, you know source in the world um, you know especially with this world trade war going on with the us we don't know how far you know china is going to be competitive so i think we should make use of this uh, uh, you know situation and uh, you know boost our uh, indian textiles which is a very uh, large industry and we've been uh, competitive at it for several years but because of some um, you know other countries like uh, vietnam and cambodia and due to some policy disruptions we are not able to uh, you know be as competitive as we should be but i'm sure that uh, you know with some support we'll definitely do well in this front also Thank you. Uh, Mr. Ari, thank you very much, and we wish the very best to the textile industry in the coming times. Thank you. Thank so, you. Uh, yeah. So we are two hundred and one of us out here, and I thank each and every. We do apologize for the uh, sound quality, and we will ensure next time that things are much better. But we do sincerely hope that you have added a lot. To your knowledge, because as they say, there is no better preparedness being provided. And thanks the alumni engagement team at ISB that has made this event. They are behind the eleven special interest that create learning and networking platforms for over ten thousand plus alumni of ISB around the globe. SIGs are navigated by a team of dedicated moderators and advisors, and we wish them all the best for their future. The alumni team will reach out to you for feedback, and we we will do request you to respond. Your thoughts will make our performance. And please be safe. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, ISB. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, ISB. राजेश कर गया चल मैं अगर आप हेल्प कर गया